You're listening to How To Catholic, episode 12, How To Movies. Binge on this. Hey everybody, this is Lisa Cotter. And I'm Kevin Cotter. And we're your co-hosts here at the How To Catholic Podcast, where our goal is to help you practically live your Catholic faith with excellence. Welcome to the podcast. This is Kevin here, and I'm here with Lisa. Lisa, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Are you? That's great. Are you excited for another podcast here? I am. I am pumped for this one. We're going to talk about some good stuff. Lisa, what are we talking about today? We are talking about how-to movies. We're going to be talking about specifically, it's cold. Yeah. Well, we've been over this before on the podcast. Yeah. You don't like the cold. I don't like the cold. So we're talking about movies because oftentimes you have to find stuff to do indoors. And I think in the winter we tend to navigate towards, let's just binge watch things, Mm -hmm. which isn't always the best. So we wanted to give you all a list of some good movies if you want to watch something, something edifying. So back in our leisure episode, I don't remember what episode that was, but we did an episode on leisure and we talked about how true leisure should rejuvenate us. So sometimes you just have to like go into that like nothing box for a while. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to do that, at least do something good, like listen to or watch something good. So we're going to give you a list of some good media options because if we just binge on poor media, it's not going to make us happy. It's just going to leave us drained. So we want to find some edifying things we can do. So we picked out some movies here, 15 of them that you can watch that will rejuvenate you hopefully. Yep. And leisure is all about contemplating reality. And so rather than contemplating things that don't really lead us to things that are real, uh, particular spiritual realities, yeah, that ultimately I don't think will actually rejuvenate us. I'm also a really huge fan of understanding story and how it influences our lives. And I want to do a whole podcast on story. We'll do that someday. But as we're looking at stories, because that's ultimately what movies are, they're compelling ways of telling stories. Uh, the retired professor of philosophy at Notre Dame, a guy named Alastair McIntyre, talks about how influential stories are. In fact, as a philosopher, he says, he answers the question, who is man? He says, man is ultimately a storytelling animal. It's kind of a profound answer to who is man. And he says that uh, when we try to answer who we are and how we will act, we ultimately answer that question by understanding which story or stories do we find ourselves a part of? And so when we engage in media and when we engage in movies, we engage in story, they're not simply just stories. They're not just things we watch. They're very influential things. Humans are wired for stories and we're wired to imitate stories. And so what we put into us is what we'll naturally want to imitate. We'll naturally want to live those things out. So we always want to make sure we're really concentrating on living out great stories. And the best way to do that is to have great stories in our lives, just like food, whatever food we're going to put into our bodies, we're going to feel healthier, we're going to feel better. I'd say stories might even be more the case. So I'm excited for uh, us to list off 15 good stories here for people to put into their lives. Yes, and this list, so these are movies that aren't necessarily, like, quote, Catholic movies. They weren't made by, like, a Catholic film, um, what do you call that, uh, producers? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you could Company, use that word. <laughs> something like that. 
you can tell I know a lot about the industry. Um, but movies that oftentimes have Catholic undertones to them or Catholic um, components to them. And we pick them because they inspire us. So I'm sure that there are some that we've missed. Um, we tried to pick kind of a variety of different genres, different years in which they were made, um, even some foreign films in there. So I'm sure we missed some. But what you can do is you can tell us what we missed by using the hashtag HowToCatholicMovies. So please do that. Let us know what to put on our list because these are all things we've seen and we're always looking for more great movies to watch in the winter months when all I want to do is hide under a blanket when it's yep. really cold outside. You become an indoorsy person. Yes, I am indoorsy, Instead especially in the winter. Outdoorsy. Yeah. All right. So top 15 movies and no particular order. Zero order. Well, it's too hard. That'd be way too difficult to order these movies. No. Let's just say them. and. I don't like having to pick favorites. No. Mm-mm. So I like just random. But if you, even if we list one, you can say it. That's your favorite on the, uh, on the hashtag how to Catholic movies. So yeah, even if we list off your favorite movie, tell us, that'd be great. And I'd love kind of see that conversation. That's what hashtags are so great for. You can see other people's answers. So that'll be really fun. So please, uh, yeah, use the hashtag. It'll be awesome. All right. First movie. We're going with a, with a softball classic here. Sound of music. I thought you were going to say a league of, a league of their own. That's not softball. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Sound of music. So this movie, the reason this makes the list, well, I feel like it's for obvious reasons. We've got Maria, who's in the convent and can't quite decide what to do. And wondering what, what to do with a girl like Maria. How do, they, how do you solve a problem like Maria? <coughs> yep, just like I said. Just like Kevin said. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, Kevin knows this movie in and out. Um, but what we love about this movie is what most people don't know is that the Trap family are a real family. I didn't real know that as a kid. People. They're real people. And Maria von Trapp was very Catholic. And in fact, she has books about living the liturgical year in the von Trapp home. And one of those books can be yours for a mere $122 on Amazon. Wow. Just yeah. 122. Uh huh. Around the year with the Trap family. She talks about how they live the liturgical year in their home, which I just think is so awesome. So, what's funny about this movie, too, is that Maria, so she died in 1987, but the film was made in 1965. So, I can't imagine being Maria and watching my own life story in a movie. Wouldn't that be crazy? It would be really crazy. But not only that, before it became a movie in 59, it was actually a Broadway musical and still is today. Yeah, and when I was in London earlier this month, I was hanging out with a bunch of uh, U.S. leaders, church leaders across the country, and one of the wives was like, yeah, I'm actually in The Sound of Music right now in New York. I don't know if it's on Broadway, off Broadway, but she played one of the postulants, and I think now she plays one of the sisters in The Sound of Music. So she's like, that's what I've been doing, Sound of Music. So Pretty crazy. So it lives on. Sound of Music is still out there. It's classic. If you haven't seen it in a while, you, you've got to just put it on your list. Go see the Sound of Music. And remember, these are real people. Yeah. And the hills are still alive. Although the I, sound of music. <laughs> I have heard, though, in some of the books about the Von Trapp family that the kids were like, yeah, she was she was a good mom and she was joyful, but not quite like they portrayed her <laughs> in the movie, which I think would probably be true of most people. But I guess they said she kind of had a short temper like in real life. But as quick as she would lose her temper, she would apologize. Hmm. So that's what made her so um, amazing is that she would always be quick to apologize for the times that she would lose it. I'm sure she's way better than their dad. I'm just joking. <laughs> Anyways. 
So there we go. Sound of Music. That is our first one on our list. Kevin, what is our second movie? Number two is The Mission. This is a classic movie. It's about Jesuits evangelizing uh, Native Americans in South America. You've got Liam Neeson. You've got drama. You've got some violence. It's fantastic. It's really good just to see uh, what it was like uh, for people to try to win people for Jesus Christ in that age. And uh, yeah, I can't recommend it uh, enough. I know it's not always 100% accurate and this, that, or the other, but it's still an amazing movie, an amazing classic. Uh, really, really good. And it's the first movie we watched together as a couple. Oh, I didn't miss that part. You did miss that little side note about that movie. Blew it. <laughs> it was your favorite movie, I remember. I think you had planned a mm-hmm. date. And you were like, we're going to watch my favorite movie. <laughs> yep. There it was. I can still remember sitting sitting at your parents' house watching that movie. Yep. Pretty exciting. Okay, so movie number three, Song of Bernadette. Song of Bernadette. So this is from 1943, and it won four Oscars. And what we love about this is it's the story of Bernadette, but it's a full-on Hollywood production. Like, this wasn't... I feel like now when we make Saint movies, it's always from Catholic producers and film companies, and Hollywood doesn't do that at all anymore. But in the 40s, they actually made movies about saints. And so it's really well done. And the director was actually uh, Henry King, and he was Jewish. So it just shows you that the compelling aspect of the story, Hollywood saw value in that, even though it wasn't necessarily for religious purposes. But it's a great movie. If you've not seen that one, really moving, really powerful, put it on your list. And you and I got to actually go to Lourdes, where the Song of Burdette, of course, takes place. Um, Our Lady of Lords. So it's just a great, inspiring movie. If you, if you want to go to Lords, it's a great spot. If you've been to Lords, if you um, just want to know more about Lords, I think it's it's really great. It is, yes. Very cool. All right, our next one is kind of a fun one. It's kind of um, going af- after our Holy Father. His favorite movie is a movie called Babette's Feast, and uh, if I remember the movie correctly, it's been a while since we've seen it, but it's. Um, Babette's living in an age uh, and around people who, with the religion, are very simplistic, but she shows them, like, the grace and beauty of hospitality. And it's Pope Francis's favorite movie. He hasn't watched, I think, TV since 1984. So maybe if you watch more TV, it would no longer be his favorite movie. Well, but this was filmed in 1987, so oh, he's watched it. Maybe I have the year wrong on when he stopped watching TV or movies. Oh, that's, like, a real thing. Are you sure? Okay. Yeah, oh, no, yeah, he stopped watching TV, like, I want to say at least 20 years ago. Interesting. No, well, he loves Babette's Feast. Yep. It's a really good movie. And that was 87. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't watch TV, but maybe he still watches movies occasionally. Maybe he hey. differentiates between. Yeah, I don't we know. We should write him an email. <laughs> we could. Oh, or just research it online. It's really it's somewhere. Okay, so with Babette's Feast, we actually, this is funny, because when he came to Philadelphia... The Prince Theater in Philadelphia hosted this little mini film festival that, quote, was focusing on three films for which Francis had expressed affection. So we thought we would share the other two. They're not officially on the list because we haven't seen these before, but the other two. So these are Pope Francis's top three favorites. We've got Babette's Feast. The next one is Rome Open City which is from 1945, and it's about an account um, of Rome during the Nazi siege, and it features this Catholic priest um, as the main character. So basically, Kevin would love the movie, and I would hate it. Great. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Yeah, I hate those kinds of (laughs) Nazi-type movies and things. (laughs) The other one, this one is even, not, not that the first one was strange, but this one's even funnier. It's La Strada, and I'll give you the description here. You want to know where I got this information? Tell me, Lisa. Entertainment Weekly. 
Wow. Yeah. That's great. They're yeah. just covering the Pope angle. Yep, the Pope angle here. Yep. So Anthony Quinn plays, this is hilarious, a circus strong man who falls for an innocent beauty and feuds with a gentle clown. Wow, a gentle clown. Yes. That sounds like a hard thing to do. I got no really bad <laughs> feud with the gentle clown. Yeah. Wow. This is a legit movie, and it's one of Pope Francis's favorites. I mean, why wouldn't it be? I don't know. Sounds great. Yeah, so the heart of the movie is really, it's about this man who appears really strong, but he actually is struggling internally. So hmm. if you like circuses, this is the movie for you. Some good contemplation of reality there. <laughs> yeah. Some good virtue, character. It's, yeah, that's good. I know, especially as... Um, Barnum and Bailey just like closed. They're done. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's even more reason to have some circus in yeah, your life. Yeah, like a little, um, you know, nod to them as they close their time well, here. Well, we never took, we've never taken our kids to the circus. And now we can't. I'm okay with that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> our next movie is A Man for All Seasons. I have a lot of pride around this movie. It's a movie about St. Thomas More. It won six Oscars, uh, including Best Picture. I went to St. Thomas More grade school growing up, so like St. Thomas More and I were BFFs. We got married at St. Thomas More. I also <laughs> forget that fact. It's a really meaningful day for you. Uh, St. You know, St. Thomas More is a, a lay lawyer. My father was a lawyer, so this is St. Thomas More is a great life. I think an atheist actually wrote this this one as well. It's interesting that sometimes non-Catholics can write really good Catholic works of art. Um, but just to see St. Thomas More's life as I think is really uh, motivating. He lived an incredibly holy life. Obviously, he's a saint, not just because he was martyred, um, although it could make him a saint, but also just the way he lived his life. He lived in austerity and some, It's he had like an interesting mix. Like he had a monkey. That's one of my favorite things about St. Thomas More. It was probably in the circus with that film that I don't, Francis I don't likes. think so. No. Um <laughs> So in some ways he was very rich and powerful, right? He had n powerful enough to have a monkey, but <laughs> that's, your, that's how you know you've got I power. Think, I don't think most people in England had monkeys. I don't think that was like a thing back in the 1600s. But um, or I guess it would have 1500s. But um, but it's a great movie just to see his virtue and his character, and obviously a very difficult situation when Henry VIII decides to uh, try to get annulment from the Pope. The Pope denies it, and um. And so everyone in England is trying to understand, am I going to go behind the church? Am I going to go with our king? And St. Thomas More stays resolute, and he won't pledge allegiance to what the king is doing, but he also won't deny it. And, uh, well, I won't in the end of the movie, but it's very good. <laughs> <laughs> he dies. <laughs> <laughs> He's beheaded. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful uh, account of his life and uh, has some really great quotes as well. Did you see his tomb when you were in London? Well, I kind of did. So he's buried at the Tower of London, which I went to. And then I have a chapel, which is actually where our tour took place because it was raining. And when it was raining, for some reason, you can't be outside. So they take you to this chapel. And they, um, I knew St. Thomas More was buried in the chapel, but they said, you need a per special permit in order to see his tomb. Which is kind of lame and very English, I guess, because they're not I mean, they're the ones who killed him, so, you know. Yeah, so I was there. In the chapel in which he was buried, but I could not so visit his close. tomb. Yeah, close but no cigar on St. Thomas More. But we still said I still said a prayer. So very good. Yeah, I'm glad. Yep. Okay. I saw I saw the Tower of London or the with the bridge. Yeah, the bridge in which his head hung off of for a month after he was killed. So that was exciting. Yeah, that sounds yeah. really <laughs> exciting. 
Oh, there it is. There's the bridge where all the heads. A man for up. all seasons. <laughs> what a place here, England is. That's kind of that was kind of a nutshell of England. I was like, oh yeah, that place reminds me of monarchy and killing Catholics. Well, let's go to the next one. <laughs> I love England now. They're wonderful. <laughs> now, after I said that, now you like England? No, like what England is today. I oh, enjoy the you just made it sound like well, that I love England now that now I know. That that they I know they killed St. Thomas More. Yeah. No. no, I knew that before. <laughs> I know, but you just made it. The we way are you made tangenting. It we need to get back to topic. Next I movie. Like tangents. Next movie. It's your turn. Go, just say it. For greater glory. <laughs> For greater glory. I think this is Vivo the Cristo most. Rey. Viva Cristo Rey. I think this is the most recent film, 2012, on our list here. And we saw this in the summer of 2012. It came out in June. So everybody in focus was at new staff training. So it kind of became the joke that you had to go on your pilgrimage to go see For Greater Glory. Mm-hmm. So on the weekends, you'd be like, what'd you do? Oh, we went to go see For Greater Glory. And everybody eventually, I feel like the whole staff made it to go see the movie at some point. <laughs> we didn't. We saw it later. Did we see it later? I thought yeah, we, we saw did it not see it at new staff training. We had children. We do and s- did have children. Yes. I remember now we couldn't because of that. So, anyways, this is a movie about the Cristeros War, which was from 1926 to 1929, and it was a war between the people of Mexico, so the Catholics, mostly of Mexico, versus the atheistic governments, and the persecutions that went on there. Great movie. Really intense, but really inspiring. I don't usually like war-type movies or any movie with any kind of physical combat conflict. Any violence, really. But this one was very inspiring. I think everybody who went to see it afterwards was like... Oh man, I gotta be a martyr. Like I gotta, I gotta step up my game. So if you want to be inspired for greater glory, definitely on the list. If if you have kids, they have a glory story mm-hmm. about Blessed Luis. Uh, I feel like Miguel. Mm. One of those two, or neither. Um, but it's a really good portrayal. I mean, it's a it's a child who basically goes uh, is is martyred, and so it's really intense. But it's also really inspiring for kids to hear. During that, yeah, during Vivo the Cristo Rey. Vivo Cristo Rey. Good. Our next movie uh, is The Passion of the Christ. And this is an amazing movie. I think people who have seen it always remember it fondly. We have a particularly special place in our hearts for this movie because we got to see it at the 2004 Focus Conference. And it's one of the, our favorite conferences. Before it was even released. Yeah. This before, was like yeah. pre-release. There were like little numbers running on the bottom because it hadn't even been fully edited. Because I think it came out in Lent that year. So either February or March. And we saw it in January. very, very early January. So it was like really special. And they like only certain people could, come, you know, everyone at the conference could see it, but they couldn't let anybody from the outside come and see it. So it was really special. And then and then actually, I think, was it the, the night after Jim Caviezel spoke? Yeah, or so we ne- watched the movie, and then yeah. the next night, Jim Caviezel shows up. It at was the conference. crazy. And it's hard to like... And that was not on the list. Like yeah. Nobody knew when they signed up for the conference, oh, and Jesus will be there in the form of Jim Caviezel. Yeah, and it's hard to like understand if you weren't fully aware at, at that time. But, I mean, this was such a huge production. It was such a big deal that Mel Gibson was doing it. And then for Jim Caviezel, yeah, to be in this spot, there's so much hype around the movie. It was... It was extraordinary. It, it was, was just unforgettable. Yeah. yeah. And he gave a talk and he, he, I just remember he was so like stone faced the whole Never time. Never seen a speaker more stoic in my life. Like stoic is the right stoic's word. Stoic's not the right Intense. word. He had passion. It just the was, there was no like, sorry. Passion of the Christ. Okay. It just wasn't. It's like softball. Like there was like, he didn't. 
I don't think we saw him smile once. He was like super no. intense. He was yeah. like, you must know Mary. Like just in your <laughs> face, like very serious. Like you need to pray your rosary. And, and we would just like, it, it was almost like he would end statements and you'd have to clap or else it'd be really awkward because it was so intense that you'd be like, yeah. Like he, it was like so intense. It was so good. It was fantastic. It was amazing. And the other thing about the Passion of Christ in that time, not to go on too many tangents, but that spring break, right after Passion of Christ came out, I went to Rome with Dr. Sri, with our college group, and um, we heard that Jim Caviezel was in Rome, and so we kept joking, like, we're going to see Jim Caviezel, we're going to run to him, and we never did, and then we went to Assisi, and who do we run into at the Church of St. Clair? Jim Caviezel. Patroness of television. Yeah, and so we go downstairs at the tomb of St. Clair and pray with Jim Caviezel about the media in the United States. How cool is that, huh? It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Pretty I was awesome. not there. No, you went the year before. I went the year before. No one needs to spill. Sorry for you, but I did get Jim Caviezel. Nobody does. Sarah Swafford was on my trip. Does that count? <laughs> yes, Lisa does. <laughs> She's pretty famous. <coughs> I love Sarah. Yeah, it's great. So, so let's see here. Next film, Bells of St. Mary's. Oh, I just love this This film. is really good. Such a fun. Okay, so this film, it's about Father O'Malley, who's played by Bing Crosby, and Sister Benedict by Ingrid Bergman. So two big hitters. Of course, this was back when Catholic stuff was normal in Hollywood. And they're they're just they're running this Catholic school and they're trying to keep it open. It's kind of a city school and this whole story that goes along with it. I don't want to give it away. But it's just so fun. There's just so much great like cultural stuff about big city Catholicism and what that looked like and the kids coming to school. It's very nostalgic, even although, I mean, we both went to Catholic school. Our kids go to Catholic school now. It didn't look like our Catholic school, but you still like relate to it and remember some of those thoughts. And there's a uh, bonus film with that as well. Um, There's a prequel to Bells of St. Mary's, which was 1945, and that's Going My Way, which was 1944. So apparently Going My Way was so successful that they made another Father O'Malley film, um, same thing, Bing Crosby being a Catholic priest. And what I love about this, the, the description of it says, youthful father Chuck O'Malley led a colorful life of sports, song, and romance before jo- joining the Roman Catholic clergy. But his level gaze and twinkling eyes make it clear that he knows he made the right choice. <laughs> That's their description. I just love it because I, I feel like if we made a movie now about a priest, it would be about how disappointed he was in his decision and his struggle with Mm. you know wanting to like marry that girlfriend that he left behind but instead this movie highlights how he just knew like yep this is my vocation and he finds so much joy in it and you see that joy um in the film so it's a good one it's kind of unique i wish we still made movies like that yeah the next one is Les Mis, and I have a really funny story on our my team a couple years ago we went around the room and asked everybody what their favorite movies were I said the mission. Somebody else said Ludley Miz. <laughs> and then we got to Sarah Garber, our teammate, and she said kicking <laughs> and, and screaming, which I believe is a Will Ferrell movie about him being a soccer coach. And her reaction as a team was best movie of all <laughs> of all time is kicking and screaming. And without flinching, Sarah just like, yeah, of course, kicking and screaming. And so as a team, we watched kicking and screaming together and it's certainly not one of the greatest movies of all time but it is it does have an entertainment value it's but it does not 
necessarily help us contemplate reality as much as these other movies, but I can't, it's hard for me to go through a movie list and see Les Mis in the mission and not think of kicking and screaming. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, So here's the question about Les Mis. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, can you even pronounce the whole name? No, I'm not going to try to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. I have no idea. That's That's why we all call it Les Mis. Yeah. That's a great question. (laughs) Nobody can finish it. Second thing, which which version? Because there's the 1998 version with Liam Neeson and Uma Thurman, and then there's 2012 with Hugh Jackman, Russell Crowe, and Anne Hathaway. So, yeah, do you want the bad version with singing all the time, or do you want the good version with Liam Neeson? Those are the questions that I think about, and the question is I always go with Liam Neeson. The Bishop scene so is better with Liam Neeson, and I just feel, yeah, I, I can con- personally, I can contemplate reality a whole lot more without the singing. Thank you very much. That's good. Kicking and screaming. <laughs> you're, okay. up. you're up next. Next film. Lilies of the Field. This film, 1963. And it's the film, the film's about this handyman guy. His name's Homer Smith. And he's in Arizona and he's just trying to kind of get by, trying to get from one place to the other. And his car gets stuck. And so he sees these nuns who have just immigrated over from Germany I believe and they're trying to fix this fence and he kind of just takes pity on them and he goes over and he fixes the fence for them and he tries to go on his way and they're like no 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 no, we'll give you dinner so they give him dinner and then he's like all right well pay me and they're like well, we don't have any money <laughs> so he sticks around one more night hoping to get paid and the next morning they kind of sucker him into fixing some more things and they just continue to sucker him into doing these things these these German nuns who don't know anything don't know how to fix anything but they want a chapel and so this whole time, they just keep trying to convince him to build this chapel. And I don't want to give it away, but um, it's a great, great movie. Um, Sidney Portier, I think. Oh, uh, no. Patier. Patier? Okay. Just like the Miserables. <laughs> That's right. Can't do these French <laughs> things. He actually, um, he's African-American, and he was the first African-American to win a Oscar. So his best actor in a leading role Oscar, which was pretty amazing. The next one wasn't Denzel. It was like Denzel Washington, like oh, years wow. later. Wow. Yeah. You've, so. been, you've been reading a lot of Entertainment Weekly over there. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did my wow. research because I wanted to pull out the fun facts of these films. I feel. So Lily's I felt in the that all these facts are fun. It's it's a great watch. Really enjoyable. Um, just so fun to see the sisters, how they sucker him into stuff. It's so great. Next one is The Jeweler's Shop. Um, and this one, you know, it's not the greatest cinematography, but it was written by John Paul II. So we all know that GPT before he became a priest was an actor. He was a linguist, um, and he he loved poetry as well. And so uh, this is just a great one because it's written by him, uh, and it's a good theme, and it helps you contemplate reality for sure. But yeah, not the greatest quality. No, but I mean, how many other movies have been written by a saint? I none think. that I had hoped. I'm pretty sure none. Yep. So that's pretty amazing in itself, which is why I got to watch it. Next is Return to Me, which Return is our... Return to Me. Yes, it's our one rom-com on the list here. <laughs> Had to put it on there. It's not necessarily a Catholic movie, but you see a lot of positive Catholic themes come through. So it's it's kind of fun. It's David Duchovny and Minnie Driver. And you see the... Um, so Minnie Driver's grandpa owns this Irish Italian restaurant and you just see these old men sitting around at night playing cards arguing about who's the best baseball player or the best female singer 
Um, and you just see different nods to the Catholic Church. Like at one point, Minnie's leaving, and he says, the grandpa says, make sure you stop in the church and say hello to Jesus. And you just see that throughout the film. You see kind of that heritage side of the Catholic um, world coming through. So that's just a fun, lighthearted, but also a really sweet movie. Yeah, one of the one of the movies we saw early on in our in our dating uh, together. Yes, I think, yeah, you, you picked, like, The Intense, The Mission, and I was like, let's watch Return to Me. <laughs> that was probably the second one we watched. I finally got a dating fact or marriage fact right before you did, so that was good. That was good. All Great. right, so the last three here, they're series. So if, so if you must binge, you just need some series to binge on. Yeah. Binge on these. The first one is Brideshead Revisited, a classic by Evelyn Waugh. I love the story of Waugh. I won't tell it here. There are two versions. One is the 1981 series with Jeremy Irons. And then there's also the 2008 version. You should watch the 1981 version. It's fantastic. The, the 2008 version, not it's good. It's just a movie as opposed to a whole <coughs> series like yeah. 81. Yeah. So it's it's good. It's good to see Grace being woven through these people's lives to bring them to greater reality. And um, really well done. So highly, highly recommend it. In the first like half hour, I remember thinking, what is this? I don't like this at all. So just get past the first half hour. You have to get into the flashback. That's yeah, you've got to watch good. the first. The first episode's like an hour and a half, and you've got to get through that, maybe into the second. Yep. And then it gets really fun. Yeah. Like intellectually fun, not, <laughs> not like kicking and screaming fun. <laughs> all right, good next reference. series. This is classic too, Chronicles of Narnia series. I know not every one of the books have been made into a movie, but several of them have, and somewhat decently there's always going to be pieces that are missing and so these of course were written by c.s lewis and while he wasn't catholic there are a lot of catholic themes obviously aslan uh, you see confession you see a lot of these different kind of catholic threads throughout that are just fun to contemplate and um it's a children's series so it's not too intense but you really can get a lot from them and then the last series is The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Obviously, Lewis isn't Catholic, but Tolkien is. This is a great series just on character, virtue, vices. And uh, actually, I'd recommend uh, for The Hobbit if you could read it. That would be really good. The Hobbit's a fantastic book to read. I think Lord of the Rings is known uh, more. Um, but yeah, check out The Hobbit. It's a great one to read to your kids or to read on your own. Um, yeah, it's really good. I mean, great, yeah, and well, cinema like the cinematography is really good on those, which is oh yeah, which is top notch classic. So, there you go. That is our list. We did it. That was great. Fifteen plus three bonuses and three series that you you know you've got hours here of stuff you can watch. It's great. Yeah, watch it all at once though, in moderation. So. Uh, this list will be in the show notes for you, which can be found at madetomagnify.com. And don't forget to use that hashtag, HowToCatholicMovies, hashtag HowToCatholicMovies, and tell us what you would add to this list. We would love to find some new uh, items to watch through this winter as we get through the rest of the snow yeah, season Yeah, please. We're cold and doorsy. Give us some ideas. Give us some <laughs> things to watch. All right. Well, until next time, God bless. God bless. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. We are so honored that you've given us your time. Show notes for this episode can be found at madetomagnify.com. And you can connect with me on Twitter at Kevin R. Cotter and Lisa on Twitter and Instagram at Lisa Ann Cotter. That's Ann with no E. We'd love to hear from you there with any questions, comments, or suggestions for topics or guests. And would you do us a quick favor? 
If you've enjoyed today's episode, would you head on over to iTunes and rate the show for us? This helps us get the podcast out there to those who are looking for a show just like this. Until next time, be saints. It's worth it. <laughs>